Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will focus back in on the muni market as we will discuss the implications of monetary and fiscal policy developments to the asset class, along with what a rebound in air travel means for U.S. airports and more. Joining me here on the line for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Kathleen McNamara, Senior Municipal Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, Kathleen, welcome back. Thank you for joining us today and looking forward to our conversation. Thanks for having me back, Dan. So, Kathleen, as a starting point, maybe we can reflect back to the recent FOMC statement, as well as the testimony provided by Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. Kathleen, can you speak to the implications of the Fed's projected policy path to the meeting market? Uh, Sure, Dan. I'm happy to explain. I mean, as you already know, the FOMC left monetary policy unchanged in line with expectations. The FOMC statement was updated to reflect recent events, including progress made on vaccinations. But the central bank appears content to await the receipt of more economic data before altering monetary policy. At a subsequent press conference, Fed Chair Powell attempted to convince investors that the Fed is taking the threat of inflation seriously without overreacting to temporary price increases. And he also played down the significance of the dot plots as a forecaster of future rate moves. Those comments seem to fail to uh, calm the anxiety of fixed income investors. U.S. Treasury yields witnessed an abrupt bout of volatility, as you're aware. But at the same time, the effect on the municipal bond market was much more muted. And here's why. While the performance of the muni market is clearly influenced by the direction of U.S. Treasury yields, market technicals also play a very important role. At present, the negative net supply over the summer months is representing an important tailwind for tax-exempt paper. Going forward, our taxable rate strategists still expect Treasury yields to move gradually higher by year-end. We believe muni yields are also apt to rise, albeit at a slower pace. The path is heavily influenced by ebbs and flows of new issues supply, and the performance over the balance of the year is apt to prove no exception. Thank you for that, Kathleen. So that covers implications with respect to monetary policy. Now, sticking with Washington, I know late last week, uh, the White House and a bipartisan group of senators announced a tentative agreement to a infrastructure deal framework. A lot still needs to happen, but this was a good first step. So, Kathleen, I'm curious as to what your takeaways are from that announcement, as as well as the implications here for muni investors. Sure, Dan. I mean, as we were going to press uh, with our report toward the end of last week, the White House did release the basic framework of a bipartisan infrastructure deal. I mean, as anticipated, the agreement calls for a $1.2 trillion in traditional infrastructure investment over the next eight years on $559 billion in new spending. In terms of the municipal bond-related provisions that we were watching for, direct pay bonds and an expanded definition of private activity bonds were listed among the spending items, but there were very little details attached to them. What we will say is that these two provisions, if enacted into law, would have the effect of more muni issuance of taxable as well as tax-exempt debt. Broadly speaking, the implications will be positive for munis. More tax-exempt issuance could help diminish the supply-demand imbalances often seen in the market. And expanding, expanding taxable muni supply can attract more institutional buyers as well as overseas investors. 
This could have the effect of broadening the investor base and improving overall market liquidity. Well, Kathleen, thank you for hitting on some of those implications and what you were watching out for when that deal framework was announced. And we'll see how this plays out. As I mentioned, it does remain fluid and a lot still needs to happen. So perhaps something we can follow up on on future editions. Now, this might be a good time to let our audience know, our listeners, that we are in part speaking about the most recent municipal market guide, which you and your team author on a monthly basis. The title for the month of July, Air Travel Soars. So that lends itself to Kathleen, maybe you taking a moment to speak about the spotlight article in this month's edition. It does highlight how America's airports are rebounding as air travel seems to be progressing more and more. So what can you share with us? Uh, Sure, Dan. Um, In our report, uh, we do discuss how air travel has rebounded strongly in recent weeks. As an example, the U.S. Transportation Security Administration announced that it had screened more than 2 million travelers on June 11th. That marks the first time that it had cleared so many passengers through security barriers since March of 2020. By and large, airports entered the pandemic with ample liquidity. This enabled them to provide great relief to the airlines, car rental agencies, and concessionaries until federal aid did arrive. In 2020, the median day's cash on hand was 489, and we do not anticipate a meaningful change in this metric for 2021. Against that backdrop, CIO has changed its outlook on the airport sector to lower risk from moderate risk based in large parts to three factors, receipt of federal aid, the rollout of the COVID vaccine, and an abrupt increase in domestic air travel make the list. That said, in our report, we discussed the point that we expect the pace of the recovery to vary with airports that rely on domestic travel to recover much more quickly than international gateways. Well, Kathleen, thank you for taking a moment to speak about the rebound in air travel and what it means for America's airports. Now, maybe a couple of other items we can hit on. These were mentioned within the Muni Market Guide. Can you take a moment, Kathleen, to walk us through some other Muni-related portfolio themes, as well as provide your overall near-term performance outlook for Muni's before we close out? Sure, absolutely. Uh, In this month's Municipal Market Guide, we highlight three portfolio themes for muni investors to consider. The first is to take a look at cross-asset opportunities along the curve. Bear in mind that high-grade tax-exempt paper is now expensive relative to corporate bonds at the midsection of the curve for some taxpayers. Therefore, in certain instances, better values on high-grade bonds may be found in the taxable bond market. Second, we note to hold high-yield munis for incremental income. Although credit quality spreads have compressed to now closely align with pre-pandemic levels, we think they can stay there for a while. And our third portfolio theme this month is to add airport revenue bonds based on a brighter credit outlook, as we just discussed, and we discussed in more detail in our Spotlight article. In terms of near-term performance, um, as I mentioned earlier, the muni market is heavily influenced by technicals, and right now we are still in the midst of a very strong technical period of negative net supply over the summer months, and we think munis can continue to benefit from that. In the fall, uh, we think that we might see some more supply and, um, you know, the technicals could get a little bit weaker and news could cheapen up a a little bit at that time. And of course, we will be watching to uh, see what more details will come out with the infrastructure um, package. But um, in terms of impact issuance, we really don't see any impact there probably until 2022 on that um, issue alone. 
Kathleen, thank you very much for joining us here on Top of the Morning today to provide us with your current thinking on the muni space, speaking to some monetary fiscal policy implications to the asset class, providing us with a look at some themes within the space, as well as providing your performance outlook as well. Great catching up with you as always, Kathleen, and look forward to picking back up the conversation with you again next month. Thanks, Dan. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. And again, today we've been joined by Kathleen McNamara, Senior Municipal Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Now, as a reminder to our clients and listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including the publication that Kathleen has been making reference to during our conversation today, that being the July edition of the monthly Municipal Market Guide, again the title for the month of July, Air Travel Soars. So for clients of UBS, you can always contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more about the topics covered on today's podcast or if you would like to receive a copy of the Municipal Market Guide directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.